Hola, eh, bon viados en eh, México, here from the brink, as we come to you for yet another podcast episode, as we continue the reboot, and I also continue, well, at least first time uh, for everything, to butcher another language for all our Spanish speakers out there. Yes, I realise I cannot speak the language. Please do not shoot me. But we are coming to you direct from Mexico, Mexico City, and we're actually at the Mexican Grand Prix for 2016. Um, Friday practice day, a time of at least recording this. Been in the city now for a couple of days, uh, enjoying myself immensely and uh, fixing myself into a variety of different cultures and obviously having a wide variety of fun when it comes to communicating with a lot of the locals. But it's uh, now the fourth different country that we're bringing you an episode from on this journey and it certainly is very, very exciting to be able to spread these episodes throughout the world and uh, bring them to you from a variety of different locations. Just like we're getting a lot of different listeners, we can actually see where uh, you're all listening to us from and we can see that it's spread right across the world so we obviously appreciate all the responses that we're getting, all the feedback and uh, as I said the wide variety of different locations to which we are receiving your listenership from and uh, as per every single episode we're going to have a variety of different uh, segments and things to bring you we'll have more funny news from around the globe we'll also have some more flashbacks coming your way as well as uh, plenty of other surprises under the sun and uh, I wish I could say that I was under a sun right now because it's actually quite grey and cloudy on this uh, Mexico City Friday. It's quite interesting actually because sort of uh, spent a couple of days in Los Angeles where it was very hot in the uh, mid-30s Flew to Texas, of course, where uh, the heat again sort of uh, took over. And I thought, well, Mexico City might even be hotter because it's kind of Latin America. It's further south, uh, closer to the equator, all that sort of jazz. But it's actually pretty much been the coldest city so far. Well, except for obviously New Zealand, but that's a whole other story. And um, I'm actually enjoying being able to wear a jumper for once, uh, having to bring over some Ferrari-branded clothes to show off my support. And uh, in doing so, I can actually wear it today because it's uh, chilly enough to do so. And it's actually very interesting uh, associating with a lot of the locals here, particularly at the race, coming all dressed up in my Australian flag and to support our local boy, Daniel Ricardo. I've had at least three people come up to me asking for their photo with me, which is kind of unique. Clearly, they're actually just huge fans of the Brink, as uh, obviously they should be over here in Mexico. And uh, they're just keen to get uh, up close and personal with the host and uh, get a photo. I even managed to actually get a photo myself with one of the guys who just asked for a photo because he had a giant Mexican flag. I thought, well, why not? Why not? He's wanting one with me, so I can get one with him. And uh, it certainly works quite well. But it's, it's, it's certainly interesting to come to different Grand Prix around the world and experience how they run them. I mean, if anyone has been to a Formula One race anywhere in the world, you'll obviously know that generally you're seeing the same things, a bunch of fast cars driving around a track, which is, I guess, pretty standard. But obviously each different circuit uh, and each different place where the race is held has their differences. And uh, obviously in Austin last week, there was uh, plenty of differences to what I've experienced before in both Australia and Malaysia. I have to say that uh, a lot more people there and a lot more passionate supporters at the American Grand Prix than I thought uh, give it credit for, given that Americans are generally perceived not to like their Formula One. But uh, on the opposite end of the spectrum here, 
here in Mexico, they're pretty much regarded as one of the most passionate fan bases when it comes to Formula 1. This is only the second time uh, that the race has been held in the last 20 or so years. Last time was held in the early 1990s, 1992, here uh, in Mexico City, and uh, they brought the brace back last year to uh, very much uh, great response. And this year's race, pretty much a sellout, which is very rare in Formula 1. The second year of a Grand Prix is generally uh, the the facts basically go down, the, the people go down, the attendance, that's what I'm trying to say, Ben. But uh, this year it's actually gone up. Um, and the Autodromo Hermanos Rodriguez is a circuit which is not that far from the actual city itself. Pretty similar to what it's like in Melbourne. You know, obviously, if you've been to Albert Park, it's only about a 15, 20-minute, uh, I guess, tram ride out of the city, probably even closer, depending on which part of the circuit you go to. And here, uh, generally, it's about the same. You catch a train out here, although I am very lucky to be staying in an Airbnb basically right next to the circuit, so it makes it a whole lot easier to get here. And one thing I will say, which the Mexican Grand Prix has definitely gotten major props over uh, both the Australian and the US Grand Prix and the Malaysian Grand Prix when it comes to your standard general admission, you still actually even get a grandstand here, which is, is fascinating because at all those Grand Prix that I've been to before, general admission just means you're on a grassy mound somewhere and you sort of uh, fight for space there. Here you've got a grandstand, still have to fight for space, not obviously as packed here today as it will be on Sunday, and I can imagine that these grandstands are going to be completely filled to the brink, pardon the pun, when it comes to the race on Sunday. So plenty of action still to come. And uh, I will say another big thing also that is happening in Mexico City at the moment, Day of the Dead Festival, which is kind of an annual celebration that the Mexicans have, similar to Halloween, but they sort of go a little bit more out rather than just kind of knocking on doors, asking to trick-or-treat and all that sort of stuff. And uh, at the time of recording this, tomorrow, uh, which is Saturday here in Mexico City, um, it will be a very first time they're having a massive festival uh, parade through the streets of Mexico City. Now, if you've seen the movie Spectre, the latest James Bond film, you know that in the opening sequence of Spectre, there's a massive street parade with big skeletons and people dressed in all different kinds of clothing. And that apparently was completely fictional. I only learnt that this week since being here in Mexico. That that is actually not a thing that happens here in Mexico City. But such was the response of that parade in the new James Bond movie, they've decided to go out and host a parade exactly the same that happened in the movie. So that's happening tomorrow afternoon, uh, directly after qualifying. So uh, we'll bring you highlights, of course, of that throughout this episode as well. So very exciting times to be here in Mexico City. The very first time I've been to Mexico, and so far everything is going great, and certainly I'm enjoying the experiences uh, here in the beautiful country of Mexico, in the beautiful city of Mexico City. The only other country I've ever been to in the world that basically does not have English as their main language was Malaysia. And uh, luckily for myself and Sam, obviously, who ventured with me, Malaysia is a country where pretty much everywhere we went spoke English. So we really didn't have any troubles at all when it came to communication. Here in Mexico, completely different story. It's uh, a country where pretty much no one speaks English. And I kind of guess I took that for granted in my preparations coming here. I sort of kind of left it as a bit of an afterthought. Thought, no, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I won't need to get by by speaking another language. And again, really um, can be quite challenging. You heard at the very top of this episode my very uh, futile attempt to speak Spanish. And obviously that did not work out for the best. But uh, when it comes to sort of 
trying to get by in certain areas. I guess it hasn't been too bad. At the airport, uh, it was it was interesting. Sort of the customs person spoke English, so that was fine. But went through uh, the baggage collection, got my bag, and a lady came up to me, just completely speaking Spanish to me. I had no idea what she was saying. And I sort of said, oh, no, Espanol. And she, she looked at me and then kind of pointed at a ticket, and she essentially wanted to check my bag ticket, my bag receipt, to make sure that I'd collected the right bag. Fair enough, that worked out okay then. My Uber driver on getting it from the airport to my Airbnb didn't speak a word of English. So, I mean, didn't really need to communicate too much. She knew where she had to go, got there okay. It was completely fine. As I mentioned before, Christina's mother, not a word of English. That made it a little bit interesting, but again, got by. Coming into the city, um, having to kind of communicate with people here and there, getting a, a ticket for the train. Uh, it's a simple case of going uh, one por favor, and I obviously don't even know the numbers in Spanish when it comes for number one, and uh, going to tourist attractions, and it goes up to going towers. Luckily, I've got a couple of people who spoke English. The funniest thing, I think, sort of, that I've, I've really kind of come across when it comes to not speaking the language, uh, ordering a pizza last night in a restaurant. Of course, come to Mexico, you've got to eat pizza, apparently. Uh, but the nearest restaurant to my Airbnb, so I just went and got a little pizza and um, wanted to get a hamburger. So I'm pointing at the menu like, uh, hamburger, hamburger. And obviously, it was a certain time either they couldn't make them anymore or... They just didn't want to make me one because they wanted to charge me more money. So uh, they basically uh, had to have this non-existent conversation, them in Spanish, me in English, trying to work out to get a pizza at the uh, end of the day. And even getting to the track, getting signaled away from about two different gates and I'm in the wrong area. And then just a few moments ago, actually, at the time of recording this, wanted to go out of the circuit for a second and come back in. And this lady was kind of like looking at my ticket and saying something to me and I just kind of guessed she was telling me I can't leave and come back in. So... There we go. That's uh, what it is. So I, I'm basically saying if anybody out there wants to teach me some Spanish, by all means, go for it. Um, it's not really going to come in handy because by the time this episode is released, I probably would have left Mexico. But I'm actually holding in my hand right now a magazine sort of guide to the Grand Prix, and I'm just going to completely butcher the Spanish language for you here. So we have a Viva la Fiesta, which uh, I'm guessing is something to do with party atmosphere, something along those lines. I think I can gather fiesta but uh, let's let's go through the subtitle here Rugendo nove los motoros sobre el asfalto de la pista del autodromo Jomanes Rodriguez para la addiction 2016 del gran premio de Mexico de Formula 1 so um, yes I have no idea what I just said for all I know I could have been like Mexican fucking hates the Grand Prix and you're a fucking idiot for buying this magazine so that could be exactly what I just said one thing though that I have got on my phone Google Translation is quite interesting and is quite fun. Not only can I talk into it and it speaks it back to me in another language, also it has a lovely feature on it where I can basically hold up the camera to this magazine and uh, it will translate it into English if it recognises the text. So uh, there you go. If you're ever stuck for another language, Google Translator works a treat and uh, I'm allowed to shamelessly plug products because we're not sponsored by anyone. And if Google, you're listening... Uh, you want to sponsor us, by all means, please do so, because I just plugged your app, and by all means, you're going to get thousands of people downloading it thanks to the Brink. So you're welcome, Google, and we will appreciate your uh, large sum of donations 
coming our way very, very shortly. Going to play for you another live version of a song that we had on the brink uh, throughout our history. Going back uh, a couple of years now uh, to our good friend Jax, who would come on the show uh, occasionally and uh, obviously doing great guns around the state, still performing um, right across the city and, of course, uh, Tasmania as well. But uh, this is her song called Eyes Wide Open that she performed on the brink. Sit back and listen right now to Jax performing Eyes Wide Open. another episode of The Brink, direct here from Mexico City. It is, of course, time to bring you another edition of... Wow, this 
this is news and given that a couple of weeks ago when we were in New Zealand we brought you the best New Zealand news stories that were a couple of years old and I wanted to be able to bring you some Mexican news stories given that we are in Mexico City and the only ones that I could find and let's just be honest that even all of these only one of them is actually about Mexico the rest are just from a Mexican website but this is from banderasnews.com and these are from the year 2000 and 10. So The Brink bringing you the funniest news stories that are six years old. You're welcome, Internet. Now, the first one takes us to Abu Dhabi. Now, everybody loves Abu Dhabi. It's a mecca for people who are rich. And basically, in 2010, uh, when many people were hurting for money, not just for gifts or even for a Christmas tree, uh, people in Abu Dhabi didn't have to worry because the Muslim Desert Emirate decided the world needed the world's most expensive Christmas tree. So it erected a 40-foot fake evergreen to decorate the gold-leaf bed-decked rotunda of the Emirates Palace A Hotel. Now, the bejeweled Christmas tree is worth about just a lazy $11 million and includes 181 diamonds, pearls, emeralds, sapphires and other precious stones. Khalifa Kuri, owner of the style gallery, provided the tree's ornaments and uh, said that basically it was done to break the world record so um, not sure if they use that every year or it has since been broken but uh, if you've got a lazy 11 million dollars then why not use it to buy a Christmas tree now still in the year 2010 and probably one of the favorite stories I think I've ever heard of um, this one is from a town called Fuking in Austria but that might not sound that funny it is pronounced it is spelt I should say F-U-C-K-I-N-G so it's spelt Fucking, but it is apparently pronounced fucking. Now, Lord Foco, when he uh, had this village 600 years ago, uh, basically would have had no idea that apparently now it's a sanctuary for English-speaking sex tourists. The village name has gone through various incarnations from Fukching to Fukking until settling at its currently wildly popular spelling of Fucking. Now, the uh, woman at the information centre in the town uh, has come out and <clears throat> insists that it's pronounced fucking and uh, basically saying that there is nothing to do in fucking. There isn't, yeah, sorry, fucking. See, I'm not saying it now. There isn't even a hotel. Um, but apparently, only three types of tourists visit the area. Those who want to take in the beautiful alpine scenery, those who want to see Adolf Hitler's birthplace in Bernau, and those who want to visit Fuking, which tend to be the same sort of people interested in climbing the nearby mountain called Wank. According to Fuking Travel Tips on the website Virtual Tourists, the number one thing to do in Fuking is seeing the road signs, which summarises the sightseeing potential of the village quite precisely, but the lack of excitement hasn't stopped hordes of primarily young British tourists from making the pilgrimage to pay their respects to Lord Foco each year. Apparently there's a lot of sex tourists who go there, um, and even uh, offenders have stolen the road sign. Fifteen signs have gone missing in a year believe it or not, and uh, each costs $500 a piece, um, which obviously is a bit of a burden for a town that only has 104 people. So, um, yes, if you're heading to Austria, why not stop by Fuking and get your photo taken with the Fuking sign. Uh, now, we move to Mexico. We're in Mexico, so why not have a story about Mexico? Again, 2010. 
Uh, this is from Monterey in this beautiful country. Now, it was Big Macs and chicken nuggets and fries at a wedding banquet in northern Mexico. Uh, fast food fanatics Carlos Munoz and Marisa Matienzo tied the knot in McDonald's in the upscale district of Monterey, uh, Mexico's most Americanized city. Uh, now, Matienzo told the local media that some of our guests thought it was a joke. Our parents were resigned to it. The local franchise for McDonald's said the wedding was the first in one of its outlets in Latin America, a custom that has already taken off in Hong Kong for people seeking to depart from traditional marriage protocols. Now, I like McDonald's, but uh, probably not enough to get married there. Anyway, uh, back to 2010. We're still there. We haven't left it. Uh, this one's in Denver in the US. Uh, a special kind of underwear has uh, been developed with strategically placed leaf design um, that basically will cover certain bits when you go through airport screeners um, when you're at the airport. Jeff Busk says his invention uses a powdered metal that protects people's privacy when undergoing medical or security screenings. He says the underwear inserts are thin and conform to body contours, making it difficult to hide anything beneath them. The mix of tug and other metals do not set off metal detectors. Uh, now, the men's design has a fig leaf, while the one for women comes in the shape of clasped hands. It's unclear whether it would lead to automatic, more intrusive pat-down by officials. So, uh, there you go. If you travel up and you want to wear that underwear to cover up, then there you go. Because believe me, everywhere you go in America, you've got to go through those bloody machines. Uh, now, this is an interesting one, one that apparently I never heard of, even though it's six years old, and this seems like a fairly new, uh, big news story, that uh, the Simpsons were blessed by the Vatican. Now, the official Vatican newspaper has declared that beer-swilling, donut-loving Homer Simpson and his son Bart are Catholics. What's more, it says that parents should not be afraid to let their children watch the adventures of the little guys in yellow. Now, the Observatorian Romano newspaper said in an article headlined Homer and Bart are Catholics that few people know it and he does everything to hide it, but it's true. Homer J. Simpson is a Catholic. The newspaper cited a study by a Jesuit priest of 2005 episode of the show called The Father, the Son and the Holy Guest Star. The study concludes that Simpsons is among the few TV programs for kids in which Christian faith, religion and questions about God are recurrent themes. Now, I would love to go back in time about 20 years ago and tell this to my mum because uh, I was banned from watching The Simpsons growing up when I was little. So, you know, if it's praised by the Vatican, then clearly you can't go wrong. So there you go, mum. In your face. I'm allowed to watch The Simpsons because God says so. Yeah, that's a perfect way to end this segment. Uh, once again, wow, this is news. We'll be back next episode with that, uh, another edition, and uh, now the perfect opportunity to bring that music up to a peak. In my travels this time around, I'm actually experiencing for the very first time plenty of new things. One such thing is Airbnb. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Airbnb, it's it's kind of like a an accommodation version of Uber, I guess you would say, where people just open up their homes and let you stay in their homes and you obviously pay them. It's kind of like an alternative to going to a hotel. There's a website you go to, you check out certain areas of certain cities and you check out the facilities. Sometimes you will share a room with somebody else. Most of the time you'll go for obviously a private room. Sometimes you can even rent an entire house if you want to and uh, they always vary in cost. Now I first stayed in an Airbnb in Los Angeles last week. Uh, literally a tent uh, in a backyard in Hollywood. Now, you might think that sounds quite derelict and why the hell would you want to do that, Ben? But it actually was pretty much glamping. It was a fancy-ish tent um, in a nice-ish backyard and, uh, you know, all the facilities and everything were shared when it came to bathrooms and kitchens and things like that. But 
It was a lot cheaper than a hotel. It was basically right next door to the main things that I was there to see, and it was extremely, extremely convenient. Texas as well, Airbnb, uh, in quite a safe little gated community, which actually uh, was very nice. It was very um, quiet, and all the houses were new, and it just kind of, it really worked out a treat. The only problem with that is that that one was not that close to anything, so when it came to having to eat or having to get food or things like that, it was a little bit of a walk to find the nearest places to go to there. But it was in a fairly good spot when it came to catching an Uber, or the Austin version called Fasten, uh, out to the Circuit of Americas as well as uh, to the city the other direction. So it was kind of in the middle of both. Here in Mexico City, however, my third Airbnb experience, I have to say, it is it is the best I've experienced. I mean, I've only had three, but it's absolutely incredible. So I'm staying with uh, a lady called Christina, who also lives with her mother in a, in a quite small little apartment uh, on the outskirts of the city. And um, I had to get here basically on Wednesday after my flight. Now, please know, I do not speak a word of Spanish. So getting here and trying to communicate with people could have, was a bit of a challenge in certain places, but I got there. Had to uh, get dropped off at Christina's mother's place of work. She works in an electronics store, literally around the corner from where they live. Doesn't speak a word of English. On my arrival, walks up to me, sees me, gives me the biggest hug, kiss on the cheek, uh, hola, hola, uh, you know, and just completely just over the top nice, so lovely. Walks me to the place, up the steepest stairs I think I've ever been up in my entire life, into this fairly small apartment, which, you know, I guess it's very basic. I get my own room, a nice pink bedspread and all that sort of stuff. It does the job. It's, it's exactly what you need and it's quite cheap. It got better from there, though, because... Uh, Later that night on Wednesday when Christina returned home from work, Christina speaks English, thankfully, and uh, obviously introduced herself, had a bit of a talk, and straight away she offered to walk me around the neighbourhood to show me a little bit and then take me to a nearby restaurant because I hadn't had dinner at that point. So she did exactly that, walked me around the neighbourhood, got to really kind of feel immersed in Mexican neighbourhood culture. Sort of, It wasn't touristy, it was real Mexico. It was, it was amazing. And we went to this restaurant, this uh, genuine Mexican restaurant, had a variety of different dishes. You'll see all these on the video when you watch it. It's on our YouTube channel. Uh, genuine tacos, this Mexican dish, which at the top of my head right now, I cannot remember it, but it was essentially a soup with chicken in it, uh, large chunks of chicken in it, and kind of all these other bits and pieces. It was delicious. Uh, of course, had to have it with a Corona Mexican beer. It was amazing. And from there, again, it kept getting better. The next morning, uh, I awoke to Christina's mother having cooked me breakfast. That's right. I'm in an Airbnb where basically, to compare that to Austin a week ago, where I only met the host once and had no association with them at all, I go now to Mexico where I've got them cooking me breakfast. And it wasn't just like, you know, a bowl of cereal or something like that. She had gone all out. She cooked me a chicken enchilada for breakfast, which obviously is a thing in Mexico, complete with a fully sliced papaya, coffee. Um, it was amazing. And I'm not a huge breakfast eater. I don't generally eat breakfast. And I scoffed this down because it, it, was, it was really good. It was really tasty. And again, not a big Mexican food fan, but I am loving the food here. It's, it was amazing. So just really wanted to share that experience to tell you what it's actually like. And uh, obviously, you know, I've, I've gotten pretty lucky with this Airbnb because also when it comes to being lucky, it's literally within a five-minute walk of the circuit. So it's extremely close. Don't have to go for long travels or anything along those lines. So it certainly works out extremely 
well. So uh, Airbnb, three from three being good, but definitely the third one, I have to say, is uh, the biggest winner when it comes to having a chicken dinner. Good evening and welcome back here to uh, the lovely house of Christina and Yolanda. And uh, we've just enjoyed a lovely dinner and uh, Christina has been so warm and inviting to me in the last couple of days, and so is uh, Yolanda as well. Um, now, Christina, how many Australians have you had stay here before? Do you uh, know? Yes, I know. I'm very lucky. Maybe six, six? people yeah, from and, Australia. Yes. And you've got a connection, obviously, to Australia because your sister is living exactly, in Australia and yeah. married to an Australian. Yes. And we've got lots of plenty of Australian Exactly. Exactly. Yes, I love the Australia people. Now, was that... Was that from you, or were they like sent from your sister, or people no, who stay I here? No, people life is like that. I yep. mean, something happened with Australia. Bit of a combination, yes. right? Now, um, Yolanda here doesn't speak English, so I want to yes. be able to translate here because I, I want to get both uh, Christina and Yolanda speaking Spanish. Because again, Christina's English a lot better than my Spanish, it's non-existent. So, <laughs> um, first of all, uh, could you say maybe? Uh, what what do you think of Australia? How, how do you do you like Australia? Yes, ¿qué piensas de Australia? Ay, muy bonito, muy bonito. Ah, it's very nice. And Yolanda has been there, obviously, for your sister's wedding. Yes, yes. She was there. She was there. Yes. And she loves uh, Australia. She meets a lot mm-hmm. the country, mm-hmm. and really, she enjoyed it to be there. And can I just say again? I know I've said this so many times, but. Uh, Thank you, gracias, for the, the lovely breakfast that you've been making. It's really good. Gracias por el desayuno. Very inviting. She hopes that you enjoy it. Oh, so much, so much. It's been so good. As I, as I said, uh, so many of my friends on Facebook, I've told the story that you've made the breakfast, and they're, they're very jealous. Yes. Uh, very, very jealous. Could What do you think the chances are of getting your mum to say g'day? Good day. Good day, like Australian. Do you think she could be able to say that? Yes, good day. Good day. Ah, perfect. See, so good. Yes. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, I just wanted to be able to introduce uh, them both here on the on the on the documentary, just because it's been so inviting and so lovely to have you. So, uh, gracias, gracias. Thank you so much for having me. And um, please say hello to Australia. It's a pleasure. Bye. <laughs> the Day of the Dead. The march, the very first one ever here in Mexico City, basically inspired by Spectre, is on right now. And let's just say after coming from qualifying at the track to get here into downtown Mexico City, well, a lot has happened. Um, my phone got stolen on the subway and I had to then hunt through the city to find a place where I could buy a phone and basically spend all my money on getting a new phone. So it hasn't been the most brilliant of days and currently now walking through a very impossible task of trying to get through a couple hundred thousand people, maybe even a million people. There's so many people here literally just having to join a river of people and basically go in whatever direction it moves, getting shoved, pushed, squeezed, everything else under the sun. And right now, trying to take a shortcut, or at least I hope it will be a shortcut, to kind of get closer to the train station because, let's just say, it's uh, been a long day and it's time to go back to the Airbnb. But the festival, actually, the march was pretty darn cool. Um, As I kind of mentioned, I think... 
in terms of they've never actually had one in Mexico, a Day of the Dead street parade. And, of course, if you've seen the opening of Spectre, where they did have a big, massive street parade through the uh, streets, obviously, of Mexico City, that was so popular that they decided to hold one for the very first time. And that's where I am right now, just around the Zocalo, the main square um, of Mexico City, where it is actually the second largest public square in the world, uh, behind Red Square in Moscow. So certainly see how they pack the people in. And um, it's been the most interesting day so far of the trip. But look, you've got to expect these things sometimes and I would just like to point out that throughout my previous excerpts of talking about the language barrier and everything else in between to have no phone, no form of communication, luckily my wallet didn't get stolen and to then try and buy a phone essentially um, is, well was, quite an interesting task so uh, yes this is Mexico City and uh, this is kind of what you do when you're uh, trying to see a bunch of culture and everything else in between. Time for one of my favourite segments of every single episode of The Brain. This is like a flash, like a flash, like a flash. This is like a dream. Flashback, that is right. Going back in time to hear some classic memories of The Brink. Now, long-term listeners to the show would be familiar with a man called Sergeant Porcupine, the enigma that is the police officer that we got in once a week to basically just tell it how it is and arrest people and, you know, everything else in between. Now, we've got plenty of highlights to play from the Sarge over the years that he was on the show, but uh, we're going to start back by going only a couple of years this time, 2014, to hear the best bits of Sergeant Porcupine from two years ago. Let's go right back in that time machine. We were there earlier in 2010. Now we're back there for 2014. Welcome back. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah right. uh, sorry, what's your name again? Uh, my name is Alfred Bieterheisen. Oh, sorry, Alfred. I think I've come into the wrong room. I'll, I'll see you up. No, I think you're, you're fine, Sarge. My name is Ben. Right. You do know that. But, do I? Uh, yes, you do. I've met you before, have oh, I? Pl- plenty of times. I've, I have been in your dungeon. Uh, oh, right, okay. Yes, it's a nice dungeon, by the way. You've, um, you've definitely upped the um the upholstery of it you've uh made sure that you have uh that you have kept it up to date and fashionable um to be up with the kiddies these days so good on you oh well good morning yes it is a good morning how how's the week been sarge what what have you been up to you've been kept busy this week oh well yes quite busy actually yes yes but um yep just chipping away you know how it is yeah just uh you know chipping away is that is that your code for arresting people is it or i have i have done a few arrests this week uh ben such as who who's who has been arrested by the sarge uh yes well a few people actually mm-hmm. uh, like there's, well there's just some people <laughs> that really annoy me ben mm-hmm. who, who annoys you sarge Oh, like Bono. Bono. Have you heard of him? Uh, I believe he's a singer of a little band called U2. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's wrong with Bono? What has Bono done? Oh, I don't know. He's just a bit, Pussy. you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, be preachy. Like, you know, if he was uh, a thing, it'd be like plasticine, you know. <laughs> Why? Because he's easily shaped and moulded and little children like to eat him? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I've arrested him under the... Um, Get a backbone act. Of, Get a uh, backbone. Oh, actually, he's not that bad, but, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. He stands up for a lot, old Bono. Maybe he needs to change his sunglasses. 
Yeah, it might be the sunglasses, actually. Yeah. Well, are they even sunglasses, Ben? Uh, I think they're just called Bono glasses. They're like purple things, aren't they? Possibly. He's had a bike crash, though, so he's injured at the moment. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Poor oh. Bono. Poor oh, Bono. What am I here for? What do you, you want to ask me some questions or something, do you? You don't sound very happy, Sarge. Are you not happy with me or something? No, I'm always in a mood like that. Like this. I'm actually feeling pretty positive today, actually. Why? What are you trying to start something, pal? Huh? Never. Never. Um... I have to ask you, uh, since we haven't had you on in a couple of weeks, the um, the election. Now, uh, look, it's happening. It's happening tomorrow. We've had candidates guests here on the show. Not really meant to talk about it too much on the show today because of the blackout. But look, you know, just just your thoughts on uh, how it's going to go and your thoughts on the campaign. Are you sick of politics? I mean, what's, what's going on, Sarge? No, of course I'm not sick of it, Ben. I'm a politician myself. Don't you remember my political party? Yeah, well... Well, actually, just it's just like like having a sabbatical at the moment, you know? But no, of course not. I don't know who's going to win the election, Ben, but I think it will be the Liberals. Why? Is that a problem? I, no problem at all. I'm just, I'm just getting your thoughts. Uh, you were quite, quite interesting the other week when we had you on, and you were in the studio with a Greens member of, or candidate, of course. Uh, you seemed to quiet up a little bit there, Sarge. You didn't want to toe-to-toe with her. I know you don't like the Greens. What happened there? No, well, I was just being polite, Ben. You're not polite. I'm, I'm always polite, thank you. But yeah, look, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you don't really care at the moment because you're not in it. No, no, that's right. Who's the bloke that's going in it? You know, the bloke. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's pretty good, isn't he? Yeah, like he's big guy. Um, he's. He's yellow, and he's got... He's making a boat. That would be Clive Palmer. Ah, yeah, that's him. Clive. Clive, what, what's his policies, Ben? What What does he do? Uh, free Titanics for everybody. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Freebies, eh? Yeah, well, well, he actually likes to send out DVDs to the voters. I don't know if you got a DVD in the mail. So, um, look, that all the policies are on that, apparently. Oh, really? Yes, actually, I think I got one of those. I skipped through most of it. It was a bit boring. I just watched the Titanic 2 bit at the end. Did you tickle your fancy, make you want to vote and get a Titanic down here in Tassie? Well, I wouldn't mind going on a boat like that, Ben. What do you reckon? Uh, As long as it sees clears of icebergs, Sarge, I'd be happy. Well, yes. Well, yeah, so I pooped my pants yesterday. (laughs) That's um, great to know, Sarge. Why did you not go to the bathroom? Oh, look, accidents happen, Ben. Well, uh, you could say that with the stuff that comes out of your bottom. And you felt the need to come here and share that with us this morning on the show, did you? Yeah, it's a good word, that share. Yeah, I'd like to share that with you for sure. Very, I'm very upset this week. Why, Sarge? What's been upsetting you? Oh, there's too many, too many idiots, like, you know, uh, idiots. Idiots? Yeah. Well, who's, who's a particular idiot this week? Well, no one in particular, just, just... People in general. People in general. People in general. You just want to arrest people this week? Yes, yes. Yes. Yes, I do. Can I Can I make some suggestions? Yes, with, well, yes. Um, By all means, please go ahead. Have you had any complaints about James Hurd, um, perhaps to arrest him? James Hurd? Yes. I haven't heard of him. Well, uh, Who's he, he? He likes to talk about himself a lot and think about himself a lot, so uh, clearly it's all about him. 
It's not about anybody else. It's about him. So I believe there's an act of I'm a Selfish Idiot Act of 1963 that you could possibly arrest him under. Heard. All right. How do I spell that? H-I-R-D. H-E-A-R-D. No, you haven't heard that correctly, Sarge. It's H-I-R-D. All right, okay. Yes. Yes, well, yes, all right. Let's arrest him then. Okay. and what's good. What about Josh Thomas? Oh, yes, okay, now you're getting me fired up, Ben. You mean yes? Yes. <laughs> well, what would you like to do about Josh Thomas? You actually really sound like him, that's scary. <laughs> yes. Arrest him for yeah. the indecipherable accent act of 1973. And the, oh, like swimming in a shark tank. Like, what the hell is with that ad? That is the stupidest ad ever. Oh, uh, yes, exactly, Ben. Yes, he's, he's offensive. Yes, and him being on Q&A, offensive. Q&A, all right, what's that? It's a show where you ask questions and they're answered. Oh, right, okay. Well, isn't that what we're doing now? I think his appearance on Q&A might be the only genuinely cool thing he's ever done where he called out that... (laughs) Bob Catter. Yeah. Yeah, I I just... Bob Catter. I have a thing about um, getting somebody on a show like Q&A and you get a, quote, comedian on there just because they've had experiences in that. I reckon there was a whole wide net you could have cast further to get someone... Out there, who just also happens to have a show on the ABC as well, like ABC Two. Coincidence? Returning this year? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, Mr. So Sarge, yes, please arrest him. Yes, well, all right, I'll arrest him. So many things there that I could say, but I'm just going to let that sit for a little bit, and you can take that in because, uh, yes, the Enigma, the man, Sergeant Porkman, who I hear is still doing, you know, doing his thing. He's still about, and uh, hopefully one day we can get him back on the show and. Uh, he can tell us all a little bit about what he's been up to in the last couple of years. We're here at the stands for race day. We're about 45 minutes from the uh, start of the race as helicopters about to fly over us. But I've made some friends, which is great. They've come from America. Guys, introduce yourself. Eric. Eric. Jared. Jared. Jordan. Jordan. Jose. Jose. Erica. Erica. <laughs> They've uh, politely and kindly let me come and sit down in the front here with them. Now, you're all from California? Yes. Now, is, yes. This, is this your first race you've been to? Yes. Yeah, it's my first race. First yeah. race in your first races all as first well? Race. Yes. Now, you're you're a huge Lewis Hamilton fan. So, uh, you're obviously hoping that he can uh, stop Nico today? Yep. Yep. Totally. Now, you're, you're sort of, this is your first time to an F1? Who? Never been, I've never known anything about F1 at all. So. Are, you, are you leaning towards anyone in particular at the moment? Or? I mean, uh, Jared tells me that the Mexicans are very far back in the position, so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what to do here. Right, okay then. All right, now, and you're sort of Red Bull I'm and Vettel? I'm hoping for a Vettel podium, but I'll settle for a Ricardo podium. Well, we've got the flag as well. Yeah. What about you? Do you go for anyone at all? Hamilton. Hamilton? Viva Mexico. Viva Mexico. And Esteban! He's got a fan, alright, awesome! Well, I shouldn't say that, that's me, I'm in Mexico. But we're, we're going to enjoy this, we're, uh, we've seen the driver's parade, we've got some celebrations that are happening on the track, so uh, let's get to it and uh, Viva Mexico! Viva Mexico! Sadly, since we uh, were off the air, the great David Bowie left us, and uh, of course, people would remember. Dakota, one of our co-hosts, was a huge David Bowie fan. We used to talk about him constantly on the show. And one thing that I wanted to start this week is a kind of a similar flashbacky segment, but more so similar to our live recordings. Uh, everybody remembered and either loved or hated our segment, Forget the Lyrics. And we're going to bring you a classic Forget the Lyrics in each episode. And this one ties in with the David Bowie love that Dakota had. Now, if you are unfamiliar 
to forget the lyrics. Essentially, we decided to create our own version of the once popular TV show, Don't Forget the Lyrics, where you had to perform karaoke, and you were given the lyrics on the screen, and basically at one point they would blank out the lyrics, and you had to try and remember what lyrics came next. We thought, well, that's kind of a good idea, so let's just call Forget the Lyrics, where essentially we would come up with a song uh, once a week, a karaoke version of a song, and then uh, whoever's turn it was, sometimes it would be mine, uh, my other co-host at the time, whoever that might have been, or even had to do a duet. And basically, they had to be given a topic, and then they had to make up all the words on the spot and weren't allowed to use any of the actual lyrics of the song. So, this one is Life on Mars, recorded by Dakota and myself uh, last year, 2015, one of the last ever forget lyrics we did. And uh, you've been warned, if you do not like very bad singing, and uh, perhaps that is something that generally not many people do like, but uh, you might want to skip this segment. But if you've never heard it before, you'll enjoy it. So uh, let's, let's listen to this right now. There's a rumbling sound outside. Ziggy Stardust is getting wet For there is a thunderstorm Just outside there is Ziggy Stardust and David Bowie Well, they're basically the same person But they're scared of thunderstorms And also flying, I believe But they're getting wet now And it's not from Mick Jagger They are getting wet Because it is raining outside There's thunder and lightning run They're coming to get you all the Ziggy Stardust and the Major Toms Run away cause there's lightning And you're pretty tall You could get struck Nice I'll take over You just play the music There you go, there's a the keyboard and the guitar taker, good job. You got it just in time. The clouds got quite grey. David wanted to stay away. But it was his 68th birthday. He had to go eat some cake. Got in a taxi cab. The guy's name was Slab Drove to the cake shop The thunder made him drop Bowie said to the sky, stop I am David Bowie You can go and get stuffed Mother Nature, you don't have anything on me I'm freaking Ziggy Stardust It's anything but The greatest show on the earth David Bowie, happy birthday to you Go and drink a beer 
Bowie's birthday. All right. How was that? You, you want to close it? Take a tie. Yeah, I'll close it. If there is any more. I don't, I, I don't think there is, but if there is... I think there is. It's supposed to be. No, it's closing. Happy there is a third verse. I know there is, but this, well, there isn't. Happy birthday, Screw you, www.carafine.com. Bring back so many memories. We might have to bring some new forget lyrics up in the uh, future because uh, always was one of my favourite segments. And uh, as always, you're welcome, internet. Sadly, it's that time now to say farewell to another episode of The Brink. And farewell from Mexico City as well as we uh, jet set a little bit further north back to the US of A and uh, bring you the next episode from Atlanta as well as uh, in Tennessee. So uh, that's where we will be heading to next over the coming days. We'll have some special guests for you as well. Very much looking forward to bringing you some of that. And we might even have some extra interviews that we will put out there sort of as side uh, episodes besides our main ones. As always, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash The Brink Radio Show. You can also subscribe to us direct on iTunes. Easiest way to get these episodes direct to your device. Search for The Brink on iTunes. If you don't have iTunes, I've just said iTunes about 800 times in that 30-second uh, period. Again, hi, Apple. You can sponsor us. Uh, you can find our subscription link provided to you by Wushka, uh, our server, and you can put that in whatever podcast server that you do use to listen to these episodes and uh, subscribe to us on YouTube as well uh, we will be posting videos uh, as always as we do basically for each place that we do visit and we will also have a special video that will tie in of course to our sister show Double Oz 7 All Things James Bond a special location video related to the of course James Bond locations used Inspector that ties in of course with the Day of the Dead uh, Street Parade that you heard from uh, throughout this episode and of course shameless plug for myself benjaminternational.wordpress.com is my personal blog if you want to see a bit of an insight into the travels that I am doing whilst bringing you these episodes and uh, as always with either our podcast or of course our uh, other things such as YouTube or my blog always appreciate any sort of feedback along the way but uh, muchos gracias here from Mexico City thank you very much for your time and thank you very much Mexico for providing a fantastic place to be over the last couple of days and to close it out mantenga chupa los naranjas hobart e buenas noches